probably at no time in the history of law enforcement has proper training been more critical. In North Carolina, the basic law enforcement training curriculum has undergone significant revisions. Contact time has been expanded and changes are happening seemingly almost daily at the academy with regards to the basic law enforcement training program. But while BLET is a uniform delivery instrument in North Carolina, another critical prong of training is not, and I'm speaking of field training. That period of time when a new hire is placed under the mentorship of a more experienced officer to assess his or her skills on the street. Richard Barrick started his law enforcement career with the city of Greensburg, Pennsylvania Police Department, serving for 25 years, five of those as chief of police. He later migrated down to North Carolina and has been an instructor course developer with the North Carolina Justice Academy since 2016. Currently, Richard is assigned to the East Campus in Salemburg, and among his duties is the administration of classes on field training. NCJA 1014. Richard, welcome to NCJA 1014 for your initial appearance. Glad to have you. Thank you. I appreciated the invitation. Well, we're not going to waste any time because this truly is, as I said, a critical subject in law enforcement right now. So I want to get right into the meat of it. Don't want to assume anything. I'm sure that people who are listening who are in the law enforcement realm have heard the term field training, or as we commonly refer to it as FTO, field training officer. So let's talk about that. There's my first question. Exactly what is the clinical definition of a field training program? A field training program is a simply a program where new recruits who have achieved success in the academy are placed into field assignments with veteran officers who are professionally trained to assess their performance in the field and to build that bridge between classroom academic training and what actually takes place in the field. While there is no significant deviations, there are, I guess what we would call tricks of the trade and a fine tuning that needs to occur in the field with our recruits. So I mentioned that BLET, is uniform within the state of North Carolina. And I remember when that transition took place and it was a difficult one. However, we've we've come all these many years since that happened. And for whatever reasons, we don't have uniform FTO programs. So let's just talk about it in generic form because I, I think that's the way that we have to approach it. And I'll ask this question, what is the length of time of the average FTO program and, and kind of tell us a little bit more about how that program works. The recommended length of a program is generally 12 to 16 weeks, with 16 weeks being the preferred length of the program. During this period of time, we walk the recruit through three separate phases of training. We call them the uh, I do it, we do it, you do it phases where initially the recruit spends about four weeks with a training officer, 
And the focus really is on observation of the senior officer learning how to do things appropriately in the field. In a second four-week phase, we hand more of the responsibility off to the trainee. And this is where they really get the opportunity at practicing what they learned in the academy. They're given a full range of responsibilities and tasks to perform. And of course, we rate them while they are performing these tasks. And as they move on to the third phase of training, they are given total responsibility for their actions. And this is where they really learn to make those tough decisions that is required of law enforcement in the field. In fact, what we're doing is walking them through different levels of maturity and decision-making to try to achieve the best possible outcome and make sure there's no serious errors that are made in the field. And if there are going to be errors, we like them to be minor and we like them to happen during the training process so that we can give them guidance and get them up to where they need to be to be a professional and sharp officer in the field. Well, in practically every form of training that I've ever been involved with in my 106 years of law enforcement involvement, there always seem to be some outcomes. In other words, when you begin this training segment, by the time you get to the end, this is what we want you to know. And I assume that same thing would be true for an FTO program. So if you could talk a little bit about the functional outcomes of an FTO program. Well, there are several functional outcomes. Or one of our first goals is to create a critical thinker a police officer who has the appropriate attitude, the appropriate knowledge, and the appropriate skills to make good decisions on the street. Any good program is going to assess recruits, and the field training program creates valid job-related task analysis of the recruit as they perform. It allows us to rate them in almost every area of endeavor. A second critical outcome of the program then is, is to ensure that all recruits are treated uniformly, they're rated uniformly, and they're treated impartially. In today's world, uh, we have a variety of recruits out there in the field. They come from diverse backgrounds, but we try to ensure that regardless of the diversity of the officers, that the method in which we assess them across the board is fair and has been validated within the law enforcement field. Today, we have about 20, over 25,000 law enforcement officers at the county and the state level. And we see a mass exodus occurring of officers who have basically aged out of law enforcement. And as we seek new recruits, and that's not a, an easy task, we, we like to get them paired with veteran officers but our true veteran officers are becoming fewer and far between. Therefore, we have to spend a considerable more amount of time training our new FTO officers to the techniques necessary to produce quality officers. Well, I know this next question will seem simplistic, certainly to you, but probably to some of our listeners as well. But I feel a need that we kind of need to get it out on the table. The Justice Academy, of course, is more or less the central repository for a great deal of law enforcement training in the state. So why does the Academy dedicate resources to this area of police training? What's its importance? 
basic police academy training is just step one in the process. Whenever we bring people into the field, we need to make sure that they understand and have the opportunity to look at the realities of the job, not just the academics side of the training. Until you expose trainees to real life situations and especially the what we call the ill-structured problems, the ones that don't have a textbook answer, uh, we need to ensure that the training in the field is going to give them what they need. And to take people out of an academy and simply put them on the street is not going to be productive. We focus on the FTO program because as we tell the leadership teams of police departments, the FTOs are truly the people that create the future of the department. Whenever a new recruit comes into the FTO program, they don't have their eyes totally open. They don't have that vast array of knowledge that we like them to have. And our FTOs are out there in the field and they're taking new people and they're molding them and they're putting them in a position where they're going to mature and they're going to be good officers. I was once asked, how long do you think an officer must be on the job before they become a mature officer? And while that varies from agency to agency, I believe that it takes three years for a new officer to come out into the field and see a variety of incidents, many of which are challenging, and be able to make decisions they're going to bring these unusual situations or violent situations to a satisfactory conclusion. And so at the academy, our job is to produce FTOs, but FTOs that are highly skilled and capable of delivering the product that law enforcement managers want. We've done several things here at the academy to try to improve the process, probably the most significant of which is we have developed an FTO instructor program where veteran officers certified by commissions as instructors and with experience as an FTO have the opportunity to become an FTO instructor. And to date, we've trained over 150 local and state law enforcement officers as FTO instructors so we can spread this message across the state and ensure that no matter where the courses may be taught, that we're producing consistent products in terms of FTOs. And of course, when we have consistency amongst our FTOs in terms of their knowledge and method of delivery, then ultimately, I think we're going to get consistency in the new officers that we place on the street. Well, I might add, that's a kind of a news flash to me. I did not know that that was even going on. So let me ask you, how long has this program been in existence and how has it been received by law enforcement and the academic community? I began the program in December 2020. Um, I think it's been very well received. We have teamed up with area community colleges who run BLET and will now run FTO training programs. The feedback that I've gotten has been very positive and just by virtue of the numbers, over 150 officers participating in the program, it tells me that there's a, a real need for this in the field. And uh, I rate the responses very, very positive. 
as I look across the state now, while colleges and universities were already teaching various FTO programs, we're now starting to bring some degree of consistency to all of those programs. And I think that's what's needed across the state. So do you see a time, hopefully in our lifetimes, where there will be standardization of FTO programs in North Carolina law enforcement? I have previously had some discussion with commissions regarding that issue. And the commissions has a variety of responsibilities right now, but they certainly have looked at this issue. And given the COVID epidemic, now does not seem to be the right time. But as we recover from COVID, I can see going forward uh, a further attempt by commissions to make our FTO training across the state not only consistent, but mandatory. And while I'm not speaking for them, I just feel given the turmoil that we have experienced in law enforcement, and especially with some new officers, I think that we are going to find uh, that's going to be the future. Okay. So uh, fair enough response to a question that will require answers at pay grades higher than mine and yours. So I'm just going to kind of dovetail off of that and say that, so now here we are in the here and now. And in the meantime, what do we do? Are there any other related courses or material that you offer to North Carolina law enforcement agencies? And if so, what are some of those resources? Well, of course, we offer the basic 40-hour FTO course at our academies, and it's been very successful. There are always many students interested in that class, but I think what's also made a significant uh, impact in field training has been our 12-hour web course, which we created for FTO supervisors. A program is only as good as the people that manage the program, and it's only as good as the guidelines that they develop. Our 20-hour FTO supervisor web course gives management in various agencies an opportunity to study the theories and the methodologies of field training and gives them experience in developing their own FTO policies. And FTO program policy development is the critical part of the program. Whenever we can have standardized program guidance, not only for our supervisors, but for the FTOs in the program, then we can start to begin to deliver a uh, standardized product. I I sometimes look at field training as, as baking a cake. We can give five bakers the same ingredients, but are they all gonna end up with the same perfect product at the end? And the answer is no. I think uh, whenever we are able to help management within law enforcement develop consistent workable policies and train FTOs to the extent that they're very proficient, then I think the product at the end of that process, a veteran police officer with good judgment is going to be more likely. Well, I think you've done a great, great job of kind of putting this whole FTO thing under an umbrella and and talking about its value to law enforcement. And certainly as an older guy myself, I see standardization as one of the ways that we do create that consistent 
product that you talked about. You know, and a lot of times in North Carolina, we use that term of Murphy to Manio. We have BLET that is being taught the same from Murphy to Manio. And I think we're probably on the cusp of seeing field training officer programs and, and how we deliver those programs from Murphy to Manio coming the same way, thanks to your leadership and, of course, that at the Justice Academy. And, of course, we all rely on the Commission for Training and Standards to put their blessing on this. I want to step outside of this FTO discussion for just a moment and and kind of plug it into a, a little broader question. As a veteran police officer, as a guy who spent five years as a police chief, what do you think the future of police training looks like for us? I think what we're going to see is continued increase in remote learning in law enforcement. I think we have to take advantage of all the technology that is available. I do find that it's important that these officers have face time with instructors also. And obviously the, the meeting of that means remote learning, but remote learning online with supervisors present online so that there's a lot of interaction between the officers and the instructor. Going forward, obviously, there is a need for more training, better training, but I do see some positive steps. Just as in private industry, law enforcement is moving away from looking and focusing solely on the hard skills, the computer skills, the hands-on skills. And we're looking more to train people in those soft skills, the human relations skills, the skills of empathy, and what I call emotional maturity, which you possibly may have heard of also. Well, I just kind of sit here in awe and amazement to hear the discussions, to, to hear the information that that you bring forth and to know that something that I've thought, and I'm not going to take credit for the idea, but, you know, a hundred years ago as an FTO thinking, wonder why this agency does what I'm doing differently. And to know that, that you've kind of taken the lead on that to, to make things change a little bit and to know that we are adapting to the times, you know, we're, dealing with younger officers now who are more hands-on and are more instantaneous, I guess you could say, because they want what they want now. And to have a computer in a car, <laughs> to me, is almost a foreign instrument because my report writing skills came in the form of a pen and a piece of paper with some carbon stuck between it so I could send another copy in a different direction. So. Richard, I just want to say thank you. I want to commend you for the work that you're doing at the Academy and for really taking the lead on standardization of the field training officer program. Thank you so much, and we just appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I really appreciated the conversation. Richard Barrick is an instructor developer with the North Carolina Justice Academy. Currently assigned to our East Campus in Salemburg, North Carolina, he is a veteran law enforcement officer more than 25 years of service with five of those as a chief of police. As I noted at the outset of our podcast, probably at no time in the history of law enforcement has proper training been more critical. And as you've just heard, a piece of that critical training 
begins in the car with a field training officer. And guys like Richard Barrett are making that process better and more standardized to deliver better law enforcement services. I'm your host, Kirk Puckett. You've been listening to NCJA 1014. And until our next episode, please stay safe. NCJA 1014.